The struggle for breath and catching our breath has become a richly textured theme of 2020. From the onset of COVID and symptoms involving breath to George Floyd's cry out to breathe, to the gasping for breath as the Western United States burns, to our collective need to catch our breath as this year continues to unfold. Welcome to the breathing room. This is a space I've created to discover the cleansing gift of breath. I'm Lauren Hubele, and in this series, I'm inviting some of the most compassionate, smartest women I know, each subject matter experts in their particular field of natural health. Elizabeth Kristoff and I have known each other since the early days of my practice, Elizabeth. Do you remember that? I sure <laughs> do. I sure do. I've watched with awe and wonder as you have transformed into the powerful woman you are, helping others access their best self. Elizabeth, welcome and please. Thank you. I'm I'm very honored to be here. Thank you for having me. You are so welcome. Please tell me what are you up to these days? Well, these days I have an online platform um, called Brain-Based Wellness, and it is an applied neurology platform, which just means that it is a practice of taking the latest neuroscience research and learning how to apply it in practices that are really useful to just everyday people to improve the health of their nervous system, to reduce the threat level that they're under on a second by second basis at a very physiological level so that they have better health. They experience less negative outputs of their nervous system, greater sense of well-being, more athletic performance, less unwanted behaviors through a training program that's really built for nervous system health. Wow, Elizabeth. So you are putting the power of healing back in people's hands. That's right. That's right. It's it's cultivating your own practice, becoming the expert of your own nervous system and learning how to give your your unique nervous system the stimulation that it needs to feel better and to perform better and to cultivate more well-being. Wow. Wow. We, um, our paths have crossed again in a very special way. Very nice. So Elizabeth, I'm talking about this theme of breath. How are you making sense of it these days for yourself personally? Well, I think this is a really rich theme, a really uh, amazing topic that you have here. And I mean, there's so much I could say about breathing and, you know, in, in Chinese medicine, how the lungs represent grief um processing of grief and that stored emotion in our bodies but my expertise is to keep things a little bit more scientific so i'll just go with that route today um and i i see right now that all of us are under a tremendous amount of stress um there is so much change going on there's a pandemic there's financial uncertainty there is all of the political um, issues that are happening and our brains at a very basic level not our frontal lobe but our back brain is wired for survival and it 
keeps us alive by making predictions and those predictions are based on pattern recognition and so change whether it's good or bad change is very threatening to your brain just at that most basic survival level so experiencing all the change that we're under right now even though some of it is very needed change it is producing a collective level of stress that is pushing our nervous system into more hypervigilance, more fight or flight, or maybe hypovigilance freeze for some of us as we get even further pushed down that spectrum of um, dysregulation in our nervous system. And so I feel like now more than ever, it is really important to take care of your nervous system so that you can adapt in these circumstances so that you can change so that you know we want to do better so we have to be better at the level of our nervous system in order to be the kind of people who can be resilient and can do better and one of the most valuable ways to help your nervous system calm down is by working on respiration by respiratory competency so there are some very simple tools that you can use to make your breathing better. And what happens when you make your breathing better is that your nervous system is under less threat. Every breath, every, every breath that you take, your nervous system is experiencing less threat. And you're also getting more fuel to your brain because a healthy brain needs oxygen, and glucose in order to be healthy. And so if you can improve your respiratory competency, then your brain is also under less threat and can perform better because it's getting a better fuel supply. So wow. working on respiration is really important. Wow, that's a lot of rich information. Let me break this down for a little bit for our listeners. Respiratory competency, am I saying yeah. that right? Yeah, just basically the ability to breathe well and to breathe efficiently, you know? So many of us are upper chest breathers. Um, and that, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a, it happens over time. It happens as compensations. It happens because right. our diaphragm gets um, disactivated over time. It also happens a lot in athletics and in the Pilates community or dance community because you're trying to keep your abdominals engaged all the time, right? And then it forces your breath into your upper chest. And it's also a stress response that becomes learned over time. But it's a it's a feedback loop because it happens as a stress response often, but then you become an upper chest breather. And then that is constantly sending signals to your brain that you're under threat. So then that stress increases and then you breathe more into your upper chest and then you get more signals going up to your brain that you're under threat. So the issues get worse and worse if you don't do something to change it, to become more competent in your breathing. Sure. And, and you know, because you're working with people every day, that this has become just pronounced in, in such an incredible way. It's multiplied and multiplied. Can you just talk um, as a practitioner to what you're seeing right now? Like over the months, the last months, have you seen this become a greater problem? Um, yeah, I mean, all of my clients are struggling with the collapse of the world as they knew it, you know? <laughs> I mean, it is, there is no human being that is, um, 
exempt from feeling the stress of change. It, it is how we're hardwired. You know, we are hardwired to want pattern recognition and to want prediction and to try to survive. And, you know, um, before I went into applied neurology, I was a Pilates practitioner and I used applied neurology in my studio since about 2015 for athletic performance and pain reduction. Sure. Um, and then my own life went under a period of complete transformation um, that was incredibly difficult. I lost my business partnership in the studio and my partner, my love that I was living with at the time, um, who really was like the love of my life, was had very intense PTSD and was diagnosed with a very rare and, and dangerous cancer. And so going through his treatment and then that all of that stress brought up a lot of trauma for me and it was just it was an incredibly difficult time and so i feel like in some ways all of that happened about a year before covid came and in some ways i feel like i experienced a lot of what people are experiencing now prior to this moment in time where you just kind of lose everything and you have to you have to make time for your healing and you have to start seeking ways to heal because the situation is so severe that there's no way to make it through without recognizing all the ways in which your life was out of alignment all the places you still needed to heal and to come back into your body and respect the the need and the importance of caring for it and so i think now as a lot of people are entering into this time where they are also losing the floor out from underneath them mm -hmm. and experiencing this extreme stress i it is my hope that people are also then realizing too that it is so important now to come back to our bodies, to come back to a grounding inside of ourselves, to do the work of healing, to seek healing, because otherwise, I don't know what's going to happen for all of us moving through this, you know? We can either let it be a time of profound growth, transformation, and change, or it could be a very stressful and destructive time. Yeah, yeah. Elizabeth, you used a word that um, I find to be very profound, particularly for this time, and use the word respect. Mm -hmm. And um, that that seems to be a, um, a, something that's missing on so many levels in our culture and society. But until we can respect our communities, we can respect our neighbors, we can respect the world, we have to respect ourselves. Mm -hmm. I my deep belief and this is just me but i think that any change that we want to bring out into the world it's an inside job first and that like the revolution is inside of me and then it comes out into the world and and it comes in the form of it comes in the form of healing and healing my nervous system so that i'm capable of making change but also dismantling the paradigms that keep me sick inside of myself. So there's, uh, Sonia Renee Taylor talks a lot about radical self-love mm -hmm. as being dismantling the ladder of oppression inside of yourself and that you can recognize it inside of yourself whenever you compare yourself to another human being because inherently if you are comparing yourself to someone, whether you're saying they're you're better or worse than them, you are 
internalizing that idea that some bodies are not equal to other bodies. And in that way, you are embodying the injustice. And so being really diligent in myself about about noticing when I'm falling into those those loops of, of comparison and and not practicing radical self-love because in that way self-love is very radical because it is what we can practice to dismantle systems that no longer serve us inside of ourselves. And radical it is, Elizabeth, because everyone wants the quick fix and and we talked about that years ago everyone wants the quick fix um and and so people started doing a, like this much work like i just want to do enough work on myself so i can keep doing all the things that i think are right. important right mm -hmm. and i know you saw that in your former work as a pilates instructor like just get me strong enough yeah yeah right I mean, healing is like it's a it's ongoing forever yeah. process you know yeah. and it has to become just a part of who we are and it's really about coming back to yourself coming back to your body and rekindling that relationship of what does it feel like inside of my body what is that in, internal voice that internal wisdom telling me on a daily basis that I need and where am I not listening to it and that relationship just like any other relationship it has to be one that you make a priority in your life in order for it to to grow and get deeper it's not you know there's no having a relationship with your body for one day exactly exactly or or for a 30-day fix <laughs> Right. But but what you're saying, Elizabeth, is exactly the opposite of, of what every woman has been told. Right. And what they tell themselves. And so I, I see this time and I, it sounds as though you see something very similar. This is a great time of unlearning unlearning yes. everything we've taught yes. ourselves that yeah. we learn from even observing our mothers and our grandmothers. Mm -hmm. um, and, and 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 dialing it back because it hasn't always been that way. There was a time when we knew how to take care of our bodies. Yes, yeah, I, I believe that too. And I, I do deeply believe this is a time of unlearning for whatever reason, there is an awakening that is collectively happening. And, um, and people are questioning things and coming back a little bit to that sense of internal that everything we need is all the answers are already there inside of us we just have not cultivated the interception and the the time the skill of listening of hearing of feeling it yeah yeah Elizabeth this is so lovely to um, talk to you about this and I know we could go on um, however um, I know you have a breathing practice that yeah. have cultivated that you think might help folks. And that's yeah. really what um, I want is to be able to hand tools out. We have to start somewhere, right? Absolutely. And if we can have small practices in our toolkit to go to and start training the body and training ourselves to tune in, um, then we can begin accepting that job. Mm -hmm. Yes, I think 
Breathing drills are some of the easiest to implement and some of the most powerful because again, like I said, it's going to affect the fuel supply to your brain. And we take like so many breaths per day. And so if every one of those breaths can be more efficient and less threatening to your nervous system, that's one of the best ways that you can reduce threat is by improving that. So there's, you can take just five minutes in the morning to work on, on some breathing drills and that will have a huge impact for your cognitive function, for your ability to make decisions that you want to make and to stay in alignment with your higher goals and not get pushed into that back brain response of fight, flight, or freeze, but to be able to stay in the calm and respond network of your higher order systems. And, and this is for any age, for any men age. and women both. Yes, right? absolutely. Okay. Let's do yeah. it. Okay, let's start with one where we stimulate your diaphragm because the vagus nerve innervates the diaphragm. I know you're a big fan of the vagus nerve. And we want to be activating that guy so that we can stay in our parasympathetic system so that it can keep bringing us down out of fight or flight and we can stay calm. So let's do one standing. So I want you to come up to just a nice tall standing position mm -hmm. and take your legs and make sure your knees and toes are facing forward and that they're about hip width of distance apart. And then what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a breath in through your nose. You're going to breathe out through your mouth pretty forcefully and you're gonna breathe all the air out of your lungs. And as you do that, you're also gonna curl forward through your spine. So you're rounding your spine forward and forward flexion like a kind of a collapsed forward position. And you'll do that as you're breathing out and you're gonna bring your hands like to your rib cage and to your collarbone. You're just gonna kind of palpate your body. You're just gonna to touch your body to think of pushing all the air out, okay? So we're gonna take a breath in through your nose. And then as you exhale out through your mouth, and forward fold your spine and just kind of push on your torso and push all the air, all the air, all the air, all the air out. And then when you can't breathe out anymore, when it's kind of like, <laughs> like you feel like you're dying, then you're gonna inhale, stack your spine and lengthen up nice and tall. Ooh. And then what I forgot to do was assess and reassess that. So whenever you're doing neuro drills, what you always wanna do is give it an assessment to make sure it's affecting your nervous system positively. So we'll do it one more time, but before we do, just try turning your head side to side and feel how much tension is in your neck. And then maybe kind of like bring your ear over to your shoulder in a side bend of your neck and feel how much tension is there. Yes. And then we're gonna try it one more time and see if your neck feels better or worse after. So we're gonna stand up nice and tall, take a big deep breath in through your nose and then breathe out forcefully through your mouth, <sighs> breathing out all the air as you forward flex your spine and you're pushing all the air out of your body with your hands, looking for those little places where you could maybe press a little more air out. Think about your ribs knitting down. Think about your belly scooping in, all the air out. And then when we can't breathe out anymore, inhale and stand up tall again. And then as you exhale, breathe out nice and slow with a nice long, slow exhalation. And then let's take one more breath in and then exhale, nice long exhalation out. Am I bending over and, time? You can just, just take a breath in with a long exhalation. And then just reassess, turn your head side to side. Notice if the tension in your neck got any better. And then fold your head side to side. How does that feel, any better? Absolutely. My goodness. So 
if you got a positive response, which a lot of people do with that one, then that means it's stimulus that your nervous system likes because change at the level of the nervous system is systemic. And so your muscles will relax more. The tone of your muscles, the resting tone, will release a little bit if you do a drill that your body responds positively to. So that drill is really great because it activates your diaphragm. It, it increases the stimulation to your diaphragm. It kind of stretches it. It turns on your vagus nerve. And just doing that three times in the morning will increase your ability to take diaphragmatic breaths to be able to breathe down into your belly and to move you out of upper chest breathing. Sure. So I have a couple of questions, Elizabeth. This is very interesting. So what if I didn't feel more relaxed afterwards? Okay. So if you didn't feel more relaxed afterwards, then that is an indicator that it is too much stimulus for your nervous system. And that could be an indication of some other kind of deficit, something in your eyes or your inner ear that doesn't like to forward fold. Um, it could be maybe that you have something going on in your spine that it doesn't like that. So there's other body positions you could be in. We could have laid you down on the floor. Yeah. And this is another one that people respond really well to. So if you have time, we can try that one as well. Would you like to try that one? Sure, let's do okay. it. So go ahead and lay down on the floor for me. And remember about how much tension you had in your neck. And you're gonna lay down on the floor on your back and you're gonna bring your soles of the feet to the floor and have your legs in a parallel position. So there's about a fist width of distance between your legs. And then you're gonna tuck your pelvis a little bit. So you're gonna tilt your pelvis so that your pubic bone is angled up towards your knees. It's a little bit higher than your hips and your low back is imprinted to the floor. And then we're going to do that same breath pattern, but as you inhale, you're going to reach your arms up overhead. And if that hurts your shoulders, you could just take them out to T if overhead is too much. And you're going to keep the arms up overhead and you're going to keep your pelvis tucked. You're going to breathe in through your nose. And as you exhale, you're going to breathe out through your mouth again, very forcefully breathing out all the air. And you're going to think about your ribs coming towards each other and down toward the floor. So you're kind of closing the rib cage in and you're going to breathe out all the air, all the air, all the air until it's like <coughs> you can't breathe out anymore. You feel like that last little bit of air is out of your lungs. And then as you inhale, just relax and let your pelvis go back to its natural position. And then we'll do it one more time. We'll tilt your pelvis so your pubic bone is higher than your hip bones. Your low back is imprinted to the floor. Arms are up overhead. Breathe in through your nose. As you exhale, breathe out forcefully through your mouth, breathing out all the air and feel your rib cage close down and draw together. So you're pulling the rib cage down toward the floor and pulling the right and the left side together, breathing out all the air, all the air, all the air until you can't breathe out anymore and then inhaling to relax and then you can just come on back up and then reassess the tension in your neck maybe take one nice inhale with a nice long slow exhale to kind of let that settle into your nervous system and then you can try it again and see how it responded to that nice nice definitely responded so 
I liked both of them. What is yeah, that? So that's great. Um, if you like both, then there's no reason that either of those were threatening to your nervous system. Okay. If you had gotten a negative response, that would mean something about that drill was threatening to your nervous system. And it might be maybe that we did too many repetitions or we just took it too much too fast. Maybe you would try it less intensely. Don't breathe out for quite so long the next time and see if you can reduce the intensity of the drill till you can get it at a place where your nervous system responds positively. But for some people, it might be that laying on the floor with their arms up, it hurts their shoulders, so that threatens their nervous system. Or standing in a forward folded position hurts their low back, so that is threatening to them in that way. So you can kind of tweak the drill with different body positions to see if you can change it in a way that would make it not threatening. But in a nutshell, whenever you get a negative response, it's too much stimulus. There's something threatening to your nervous system. When you get a positive response, it's the right amount of stimulus and your nervous system is happy and it wants that stimulus to your brain. If you get no response, then it's just not enough either way. Well, that's very clear. And since we're both in the business of helping people become more aware about their own bodies, this is just another way of checking in. That's right. It's a good way. This is how you start to become an expert in your own nervous system is to start to feel your negative responses or positive responses to things in your body. And then start to think of everything in that way. Exercise is stimulus to our nervous system. If when you do a workout, do you feel better or worse? Do your muscles feel tighter or do you have more pain or do you feel good? Because whatever we do, we get better at. So if you're moving into tension and pain, you're getting better at creating tension and pain in your body because your body's wired for efficiency. So you always wanna make sure that the type of movement you do is movement that your nervous system likes so that you're continuously getting better because you're always changing. So hopefully you're changing in a positive direction, but if you're not, learn to recognize that so that you can change what you're doing to not move in the wrong direction. You know what that sounds like? That sounds like compassionate exercise, Elizabeth. It is, it's compassionate and it's smart because you don't wanna do exercise that gets you negative returns. Sure. Nobody wants that, you know, and it is, it's compassionate and it's, it's cultivating a skill of interception, being able to understand the signals inside of your body and just as a better sense of embodiment of being in your body. Beautiful. Oh, wow. So rich, so much goodness and you've brought to everyone. Elizabeth, where can people find out more about you and your work? They can find me at brainbased-wellness.com and everything is on there. The different membership programs, my story, um, and all the different programs that we have. Beautiful. Thanks so much, Elizabeth. So Thank grateful. Thank you. It was really nice to catch up with you.